Your Working Life, a podcast show that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a career and executive coach, and on today's show, I welcome Dan Arturi, who will share his wisdom about being a promotable player in the management world. Hey, Dan, thanks for coming. Welcome to the show. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me, Caroline. You are so welcome. And I want to I want to back up a little bit and tell me how you first got started in sales because that's where it really all began for you. Yeah, quite unintentionally. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best way, right? <laughs> I, 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 well, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I know that you talk a lot about a career by design, but my career started by circumstance rather than design. Um, it became more by design later on. But initially, when I first got into the working world, I was working in social services with uh, in a group home for developmentally disabled adults. I worked with autistic children, court adjudicated males. And, and this was in New York uh, in the first seven or eight years of my career. And uh, I moved to California with some friends for an opportunity in music. And uh, uh, I needed a job. And, and they didn't pay nearly as well in California for social services work as they did in New York. So I decided to change careers and answered an ad on a Friday and started work on a Monday at a company called Coast to Coast Computer Products. And uh, that was the beginning of my sales life. Wow! Wow! So, how did you how did you enjoy the switch? I mean, that was a big risk to take. It was a huge risk, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into or what I was setting myself up for, actually. And uh, it was the first day, and we were doing telephone sales, selling toner cartridges and computer printer ribbons over the telephone. Wow! Uh, which, yeah, unusual kind of boiler room environment. But I learned a lot of basics about sales and how to read people on the telephone from that uh, experience. So that was the beginning of being able to meet with people and get to share my personality and expertise with them a little bit. But uh, just getting through the door on the telephone was the first step, and, and that, that experience really served me well later on. You know, I bet you learned so much by being an active listener and just being perceptive on the other end of the phone. Well, you have to. It, it, you know, I'm from New York originally, so right off the bat, I think if you're from New York, you learn early how to read people a little bit better than in a lot of places because you're exposed to so many different kinds of people. And uh, the telephone work really kind of uh, ex- gave me an extra sensory perception of honing in on what the other person is, is feeling or sensing or what I'm sensing from them and, and enabling me to either you know, let go of them if I have to or drag them a, a little further into the sales conversation. Or Sometimes we've got to uh, pull people kicking and screaming to what's good for them. I learned how to do that there. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, listen, <laughs> you're talking to a fellow native New Yorker, so I totally get it. Our beloved Big Apple taught us right. well. So tell me a little bit about that transition, though, from sales into management, because that's really the core of some of the wisdom that I want to pull out of you today. So excited to hear about a very non-traditional route that I think it will inspire a lot of other people. So what was that like? Uh, it was it was a big challenge for me, but um, so what happened was I was I, I ended up leaving that little coast to coast company, and then for about two years I, I worked still in direct sales for Staples. They hired me on for business development in Los Angeles, and uh, after two years, I uh, I got another job in Chicago as a manager for Staples. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a brand new market; they didn't really have a whole lot going on here when I got here. So they basically hired me and a couple of other people to build this market in Chicago, and. Um, Biggest learnings for me were, one, hiring is the absolute most important decision that you will make, uh, getting a team of people around you that um, you don't have to uh, chase after to get them to do all the right things all the time. So I had no experience with that, and I made some poor hiring decisions early on, 
And then the second most important uh, decision that we make as supervisors is when to let go yeah. and move on from folks. So personnel decisions became immediately my, my biggest uh, need and the most important thing I needed to get good at fast. You know, I want to mention to the audience, and, and you might not bring this up because you're incredibly humble about all the great things that you've earned in your career, but I know that, that all of these jobs came to you. People sought you out. You were recruited and promoted. You really never looked for a job. So how would you advise those listening to be seen and heard so they can be promotable? That's a really good question. I, I think one of the things I did early on was let my supervisors know that was something I was interested in. Yeah. And then not only to say that I was interested in, but show it by asking questions. And then another thing I, I think was really instrumental was trying to think like I had the job before I actually had it. I asked my supervisor when they looked at certain sales situations or even personnel situations on the team, which obviously they were a little less um, eager to share information with me about my teammates. But what, just looking at different situations in sales and personnel and asking them what were they thinking, why were they thinking what they were thinking, and what were they going to do? And um, getting invited into some meetings or some, some managerial thinking uh, think tanks. So when they were doing pricing, for example, I wanted to know how they did a pricing program, why they did it. So, uh, and one of the things I interview for today when I, when I interview people is intellectual curiosity. Yeah. Um, that I have it and I know it when I see it. Oh, I love that. That's such good wisdom. You know, I think it's incredible how some managers, some leaders are born, some are developed, some companies buy them, frankly. Do you think mm. you were a combination of all since you've been certainly recruited? Do you have that innate ability to understand people? I, I think you have some innateness to it, but I think you have to learn, too. Uh, my hiring decisions didn't get better until I had a mentor to teach me how to hire people, yeah. what to ask, how to peel back the layers of the onion in an interview and not let go of anything I was uncomfortable with until I thoroughly researched it with the person. So there's a lot of training that went into it. I think some of it's just natural curiosity that, that people are born with, but I also think that could be learned. I've seen a lot of salespeople go from kind of doing a job to making the sales their career just through um, being intellectually curious about what they were doing and why and the clients they were working with and, and why they were doing what they were doing. Dan, would you consider sharing with us something that might feel kind of vulnerable, and, and that is, what were your struggles early on as a manager? Because I know there are people at a variety of stages in their career listening all over the world, and it'll, it'll be really reaffirming for those who are at the beginning of their management journey to know it's not always easy, and that's okay. No, yeah. So, um, after, so I got married in July of 2004, and we moved in uh, December of 2004, so new wife, new city new career in an uh, untapped market for a Fortune 500 company. That was a lot of change yeah. for me to deal with all at once. And what ended up happening was uh, I got pulled into a management meeting with the other managers uh, about six months into the game here in Chicago and sat down with the VP and the director of our, um, of our division. And they, they looked at me and it was quiet for about 10 seconds. And, and I'll never forget this question. They asked me, Dan, do you think you can do this job? Wow. And yeah, that was a, a defining moment in my career. Uh, I said, of course, well, of course I think I can do this job. And, and they said, well, you know, you've made some bad hiring decisions. We're struggling to get off the ground here. Um, what do you think you need? And, and I said, well, obviously, if you feel like I've made some bad hiring decisions and it's clear that I have, I, I need some help in that area. So that was the first place they really gave me some help. Um, and, and the other piece, I think, with with that moment was – they wanted to put me on a plan, and a day or two later, my supervisor called me and said, look, 
we're, we're going to put you on a performance improvement plan. Or you could skip the plan and just go back to being a salesperson for us and help us build the market that way. Which would you rather do? And I was at a crossroads. I had just moved halfway across the country with my brand new wife to do this job. And now there was a chance they were going to take me out of it. And I was, but I was determined. So I, I, I actually sought out some advice uh, uh, from a friend of mine. And he said, why would you go to Chicago? I said, to build this market. He said, then don't give up on that job. Stay with it. So I did. And that, was, that decision was the, the most important decision I ever made. It, was, it, it really propelled my career in management. Um, from that point forward, I never looked back. I love hearing, too, that you've had great mentors and advisors who've really coached you along the way. Do you feel like you've paid it forward to others on their career journey? Um, well, you know, at the risk of not being so humble, I'm really lucky and excited that, that pretty much every sales team I've ever worked with, I've got at least one person from those teams who I today still call my friends, nice. uh, uh, talk to all the time, collaborate with on their careers. Um, help them get you know good reviews and and uh, good uh, get new jobs in in the in other sales positions in other parts of the country or other part other uh, areas. So I, I feel like I've been lucky in that way that I've been able to be around such great people and and uh, yeah. So I, I guess if you look at it that way, I, I guess that's paying it forward. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask, as a manager, how do you measure performance of employees when it's not a sales quota, right? There isn't a definable metric. How do you sure. measure success? Um, well, it's interesting. So a couple ways. But, but the most important thing I do in evaluating people is um, what I was taught was the BAT technique, B-A-T, behaviors, attitudes, and techniques. Behaviors refer to things people do when I'm not around. So how inclined are they to work? really hard and do all the right things when I'm not with them. Attitude is just what they bring to the game. Are they positive? Are they go-getters? Do they find ways to go around or through things? Or do they get stuck on problems and, and find reasons to, to stop working or uh, stop at difficulty and not press through? And then techniques are just the usual sales things we do. How are they at overcoming objections and uh, engaging people and building rapport and uh, trust? So those three different uh, areas of a salesperson's um, uh, uh, aptitude really tell me uh, where they're going to be on my team and, and how far they can go. What's their potential upside, quote unquote, as a salesperson? Fantastic. I, I learned something new today, the bat technique. I like it. Well done. Thanks. So Dan, you shared with me that you never earned a college degree and clearly that hasn't hampered your success and your promotability and your, your long-term career goals. Has it affected you in any way? Have you ever felt that it was a change in attitude about how people perceived you? Um, actually, in the jobs that I've had, no. I don't think anyone ever perceived me any differently than, than they would have if I had a degree. Um, I think folks that spend a few minutes with me know I'm a pretty bright guy and, and I have something to offer their, their company and their people um, and that I'm, I'm easy to get along with and I'm emotionally somewhat intelligent too, so it won't be a difficult transition. But I do think there's been times in my career where uh, for example, I wanted to get into uh, medical, for example, and, and they won't even talk to you if you don't have a college degree. So I've had to say at some point that, you know, if they don't want to talk to me, then it's probably not a right place for me to be anyhow um, and, and kind of write that stuff off. Even though it might have been a better opportunity or more money, uh, I think I found a lot more satisfaction uh, going where I'm wanted, quote unquote, if, if, if I may use that expression. 
Yeah, and there's no doubt that uh, you have been highly sought after as well. So there are there are people out there that are wooing you to new opportunities. And you also mentioned to me that LinkedIn was a big tool for you. How how do you believe that you you can continue to be seen and heard in a current role? So you 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 show the world that you're available for new opportunities. Uh, so this is really interesting. I had a do a, a very important learning recently because I always felt like. Uh, and in my learning and development role, I'm in, in you know, training now. Um, I work in a team and we train a couple of really long-term, like five-and-a-half-day seminar-type uh, trainings. And one of the things I learned in the last training is I don't always have to be the smartest, most intelligent, most outspoken person in the room. Um, in fact, at this stage of my career, I'm a lot better off if I lay back and let everyone else carry the water and, and then um, use an incisive question or an incisive comment to, to further provoke conversation as opposed to being the one conversing, if, if, that, if that makes any sense. It totally does. And I, I remember you also saying, pretend you have the job before you apply for it. So dig deeper and tell me more about that. Yeah. So um, as a coach in sales management, um, I, I was already a learning and development manager, but I just had a small group of people that I got very intense with about that learning and development. Um, so I really was already doing the job of a learning and development manager or director before I got this role uh, in, in within my little team. And then I would share that information and how I went about doing that with both my supervisor and the person who is responsible for the director of learning and development in my company. So they had a really good handle on what I was doing as a sales manager to coach and mentor my team up to success. Awesome. So, Dan, if you could distill it down to one bit of advice, and I'm sure you could, you could share so many tips, but what's one thing that you want to leave the audience with today about how they can be a promotable player and really think about that next step on their career journey that excites them? Two things, persistence. And when I do what I'm afraid of and it's right for me, the world shows up for me in ways that I couldn't have imagined it would. So don't be afraid to do the things that are right for you and be persistent. Never give up. Oh, that's awesome. Dan Arturo, you are a joy. Thank you for joining me today on Your Working Life. You've inspired all of us to be promotable players with a great attitude, sound judgment, and assembling a strong resource team. Dan, thank you so much. Thank you, Caroline. Thanks for the great questions. Hey, if you like the show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and even better, leave us a review and let me know what career-related questions you have so I can address them on a future show. You can tweet me at cdowdhiggins or send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.